Last week on Channel Massive, we played League of Legends a second week in a row, getting even better against the bots. Almost ready to play real humans. <laughs> we also had World of Warcraft-themed turmoil for both Blizzard and Channel Massive. On Blizzard's side, it's plummeting subscribers, and on Channel Massive, rebellious compatriots. The fallout was addressed, but we soldiered on. Find out how in this episode. Rebel scum. This is XQ, folks. XQ quality. Better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Channel Massive episode 262, Tales from Azeroth, The Return. In this episode, we'll be covering where did the rebel scum flee to? The and... fully functional Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> How was our first night back in World of Warcraft? And we have two, two, this is my favorite kind of week, two huge relevant events in the news, the unveilings of both EverQuest Next and a brand new MOBA coming from the Heroes of New Earth people, S2 Games, called Strife. It is so epic that we had to have a co-host join us, and fortunately, we were able to find Southern Scott. Did you, you say, say fortunately or unfortunately? <laughs> I said fortunately. I, I think it was and fortunately, but it did sound like unfortunately. I said and fortunately. And unfortunately. <laughs> Mark, you're just hearing what you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm projecting par for the course. <laughs> Read thank into you. it what you will. I reject Scott. your reality and replace it with my own. <laughs> Scott, thank you for joining us. No In problem. I am was. a powerful man. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Before we get into the rest of the episode, I did want to touch on one other news tidbit that could be essential or important for our listeners. Within the introduction, John Carmack has taken on a third job. He is now going to be the CTO of the Oculus Rift Company, even moving to Texas to take this job. But don't worry, he will still also retain his job as technical director at id Software, as well as whatever he does over at Armadillo Aerospace. Plays with rockets. Yeah. What do you guys yeah, think our, about this? Our, it's, he's, I mean, he's been like a big evangelist for this hardware, and now he's literally he's just moving over there. He's just well, inserting yeah. himself in it. My product's so good. I want, you know, could you spend a third of your time promoting my company? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually encouraged by it. I think it's great. Adding more brain power and star power to the company can only help it, in my opinion realize the fantasy in my mind of how awesome this hardware is going to be. Well, yeah, I mean, he, you know, there's some people who have like the big name and then there's others who, you know, can really back it up. And yeah. Carmack's a total brainiac, superstar programmer, developer, you know, 3D is like his thing. And, and he's always kind of had a visionary side too, to him where, he not only is like, yes, I can I can make everybody else's vision of what would be cool in a game happen, but I have my own ideas. Like he used to have ideas about you're in a you're in a you're in a, a game and you throw a, you throw like a 
grenade or something and it explodes but not only will you see that but you'll see the you'll see the cloud that it left behind gradually disperse with like perfect detail he yeah had, like that kind of a vision behind the 3d engines he was developing you know not just a yes sir i'll do this no sir i'll do that so um to see him you know take that kind of um i don't know breadth of talent over to oculus rift as their cto and and see what he can do to help them you know make their their kickstarter and everything like completely successful i think it's just super inspiring i'm i'm really glad to see it because i'm really excited about what the oculus rift will do not excited enough to have participated and put my money where my mouth is in the kickstarter but yeah I've been watching it, you know, for some time. So I, I think it's a really cool move. And Scott, I don't know about you, but I'm hoping, I don't know if it will be, but I'm hoping that they have this at PAX somewhere so that we can try it out. Have you had a chance that to... That would be pretty cool. Uh, uh, that yeah. would be really, really nice. Even if it's like a minor, <clears throat> you know, back in the corner. Yeah, well, and if it's, even if it's, you know, just Doom 3 or something from five years ago, I just want to experience it. <laughs> I, have, I have very small goals for PAX. I'm just hoping that a third of the show floor is not taking up with Firefall. <laughs> oh, you can say that again. Firefall's going to change the way you think about gaming. Oh, hush it. Well, um, Wildstar's going to be so different, too, because when we went yes. there, it was such a shoestring thing, and it's like, oh, come to our little small panel up here. I mean, and Mark, let's, let's as, as tuned in as we are to MMOs, no one or I had not ever even heard of the game the last time we were there. But now it's humongous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it went there, it was like... What is this? Well, it was kind of like when we went I mean, to it, kind of, it came out of the blue. Well, it literally had been announced like a what, week or two before. Well, that's when, true. When we went to E3, to be fair, right, it was on the rise, but they weren't one of the big things to no. see. No. And they gave us time, press time, and they gave us all kinds of stuff. And now, like, there'd be no way we could talk to those guys, you yeah. know, because our podcast just is just tiny and insignificant. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and arguably one of the longest running on the web. Yeah, that's right too. Though. But but no, it's I I really hope you guys do get some some quality time to check that out because that's that's the one I'm most excited about in the yeah. future. Wildstar. Yeah, it's only three weeks before Southern Scott and I go to Seattle for PAX, and you, Mark. Go to Atlanta for a return, a double dose of Dragon Con. Yeah, I won't be getting scoops on any new games, I'm pretty sure. But you will be cosplaying, which is amazing. For the first time ever in my life. Like, even, so my wife does really good costumes, and I'm always like, I don't want to do this. You go, I'll just go as myself, and you can go dress up as something crazy. But this time around, I I just, for some reason, I think it's because I've been watching my friend Bob struggle to get his uh, EVA outfit for uh, Half-Life oh, yeah. 2 going. And he's, like, got, like, he's on the um, uh, the RFP forums now, and he's got, like, a thread going, and he's showing <laughs> his so progress. Cool. And it's starting to look really good. Like, you can totally see the, the evolution of his suit. And he's having to make all kinds of, of, of changes because the... Uh, well, basically, the model that the, that they did has Pattern. proportions all wrong, so he's having to kind of ha- do it by eye and stuff. But it's really starting to look good. <laughs> but I started to get inspired, so I've decided to be um, Swissgar Swigelf, Squigelf from Metalocalypse. Nice. He's, the, he's Death Clock, the the 
Well, they have the cartoon has a death metal band called Death Clock, and they're the biggest band in the entire world in the cartoon. Yeah. And um, ironically, the three Death Clock albums that have come out are the best-selling death metal albums of all time. So it's almost ironic. But anyway, he's like the lead guitar player, and he's this huge, tall Viking guy. And so I'm I'm slowly assembling everything. I, I got the guitar already, which was um, – it was actually recovered by some kind of police thing, so I got it super <laughs> cheap. Unfortunately, because of the the veil of uh, crime around it, I can't take possession until the twelfth. But I've already what paid for it. What if it's cursed? <laughs> it may it may well be cursed. As Bob pointed out, it might also have something in its secret compartment, much like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> so you might want to investigate all the compartments in the guitar to make sure that you don't get visited by a DEA official while it's in transit. So I'll be doing that, um, but yeah, it was recovered or something. But it's like the exact kind of guitar. It's an Explorer, and uh, got the outfit pretty much ready. So I'll be cosplaying for the first time. As uh, you even have a wig? I got the wig, and then the other thing is I've got the makeup. So I think I'm going to be like normal looking um, Swiss car most of the time. But then for like the zombie prom and some other things, I'm going to do the. Uh, the full-on death metal thing where you cover yourself in white and your eyes have the black around them. I'm going to do that, too. Sweet. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully I'll get a lot of good pictures of it to share. Up. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. It should be fun. I've got, I got like, three black tank tops, which should cover me for every day. So <laughs> I'm ready to rock. And the My only thing I don't have... You, go, you need to go to the, the podcast forum thing that they had, like... The last time we were there last I year. will. I will take take them on. So that we can hear her say, Yes, I've actually had a podcast that had forty five episodes and I'm like Yeah. I'll record so, it with I'll have my phone and I'll record it. You're so blessed it. to be in your presence. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll record it, much like I tried to record the uh the poor little lady talking about how much she missed City of Heroes until I went from a critic to a to a crying a fellow sympathizer. sympathizer. Yeah. I'll, I'll play a, Hopefully it'll go better than that. But the cool thing is I get to actually walk around Dragon Con the whole time with my guitar, which will be fun because that's all I do is sit around and nervously play my guitar anyway. And so it'll be really nice for me. Just watch out for those hallways that are super crowded when you're trying to go from one building to the next. It's got a really pointy headstock, so I can just basically <laughs> level it. Like a, have and like I don't – it's not a true weapon. I don't, I don't have to find it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to piece bind it, so I can just aim the headstock at people, and it's in their best interest to get the hell out of the way because it's pointy. So it should be fun. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear how this turns out. It's gonna be a total failure. You know, you already saw how shiny the hair is. <laughs> it is really shiny. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about it's this that. Long blonde wig, Scott. If you can imagine it. Yeah. Really long, Scott. What are you cosplaying as at PAX? Uh, Scott Pruitt. <laughs> that was like done last year. That That's so was, cliche. There's going to be no a one, bunch of no Scott Pruitt this time. <laughs> no one can do it better than me, though. That that's like that would be like coming as Superman or Iron Man three to the Dragon Con this time. There were so many. There's going to be a ton of Scott Pruitts. Oh, if you're going to do it, you gotta get, you gotta be the best one. 
If you're going to go well, with Iron Man, it better be a fully functioning Iron Man suit because that's should, how you it get should be, It should be fully weaponized. <laughs> yeah. Like, they should be able to go to, like, the center of the Marriott and, like, do the prehensile armor jumps on you thing, <laughs> or else it's a total costume fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need to jump from the top balcony of the yeah, hotel. Yeah, just jump off and it suddenly just all snaps onto you. Tell me, tell me, Captain Fail. That would be like really cool. I, if I see that happen, I'll definitely get pictures. <laughs> oh, good. If I was going to go, I probably would go as Leon Phelps. I'd, you know, get me a big fro and put on a 70s suit and just walk around. Yes, will. Yes. <laughs> that would actually be pretty cool. I think would. Do that for packs. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh well, it was worth asking. Lucy Lawless is going to be a Dragon Con, so I I, I I thought about you know perhaps going as Xena, but <laughs> the Jim Carrey version of Xena. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, I was thinking of like Jim Carrey's uh, what was her name? Um, oh gosh, from In Living Color. What was uh, her name? The Varicosa. Uh, Varicosa. That was it. Varicosa. <laughs> yeah, and I would just like randomly rip off my my uh, my breastplate or whatever and be like, in sort space of, into your armpit. Horrify everyone. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, aside from that, we have other things to talk about. Yeah, we've got three weeks to car- to those events, so obviously we're looking forward to it. While you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to be emotionally affected so much that you want to send in an email or write a review on iTunes. If you want to do the former, you can email us at mail, email. at channelmaster.com. We are also available on iTunes. You can subscribe to us there. You can leave us a review. You can also follow us on Facebook where you can get notified the second an episode goes live, facebook.com slash channelmassive. Or you can also follow us on Twitter. Our official Twitter is at channelmassive. My individual one is at this is Noah and Mark's is at comarkm. Yes. Scott also has a Twitter, but he never posts anything, so... Yeah, you don't want to follow me. I'm lame. He has has a hypothetical Twitter account. (laughs) But, you know, I... I, No disrespect, Scott, because, like, my Twitter account had maybe 75 tweets on it for three or four years, and now it has 12 or 1,300 as of the last seven months, because I've just... It just... I was completely not into it, didn't want to use it, didn't see the point of it, and now I just totally love it, because it's like this great gamer community. Yeah, I'm, I gotta go check my Twitter feed because I'm pretty sure I accidentally set up my Runkeeper to post to it because I was experimenting, and so I have this um, picture of on my Twitter account of like this super fat guy, but then the latest tweet is like I just completed this epic 4.5 mile hike where I <laughs> went up like a, a thousand feet in elevation and retained my weight by eating. Small so children. it's like it's like, well, how did you get down? Did you just roll? <laughs> The answer was you were airlifted up. You I was <laughs> I was airlifted by chopper and then rolled down the mountain. So I, you're I, exhausted. One thing has I have got to turn that off because it's just not going to work with my image that I'm trying to kind of front. So Cultivate, yes. yeah. So the breakdown for this episode, we're going to be hitting EverQuest next, discussing all the news that came out last week for that. Or actually, when you're listening to this, it'll probably be about a week and a half ago. And then talk about Strife, which was just revealed today, the day that we're actually recording. A big little press blitz for that. And then we're going to talk about Monday Game Night. Two, a tale of two games. Monday yeah, Night a, Combat, if you will. <laughs> yeah, metaphorically so. Mm. And then we'll be wrapping up. We'll have 
Mark and I to tell you about World of Warcraft, and then Scott will say what the Resistance played. But first up, EverQuest Next. We mentioned it in last week's episode a bit sarcastically, saying, oh, the game's being revealed. I hope it's everything that we hope and dream of, blah, 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 blah. But it actually ended up putting on quite an impressive show. They finally found an art director, and they decided to get really ambitious with the gameplay features. And, and, and by art director, we mean someone who has studied World of Warcraft very carefully. <laughs> yes, that's so true, because it's Most definitely of, a mashup of like Bioshock and World of Warcraft. Yeah, and, and I'm not dissonant. I mean, that's been my number one complaint about SOE games up until maybe DCUO, which I think... Yeah, we started to see some good. And um, what's the free one? Uh, free realms that yeah. that had better art direction too. But up until that point, they had some really piss poor art direction. I mean, they needed was, a license basically. It wasn't bad, but if you've ever taken an art class, you're like radar. It was went technically off. capable. There was yeah, the engines. The engines were yeah. good. The models were good, but the, the textures, textures were good. And well, the, the textures were sometimes good. But yeah, they weren't put together with an artistic vision. There, yeah, there was no. It's like you, you're like, hey, have you ever heard of a balanced painting? You know, do you know what the balance is? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? I used a texture of a stair. I took a picture of a staircase and I put that in for my <laughs> staircase. And then I took a picture of the sun and I made that the the texture for the sun. And I used flat white lighting for everything, of course. And I don't understand. And it's just kind of like. It was like caveman art direction, yeah. but all of a sudden, they've blossomed into a flower. Of yeah, sorts. there's emotional expressions. There's really cool animation for moving around the countryside, um, and the models and art and the color look really great. The music and sound sounds good too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, they on. have the guy who did Guild Wars Two soundtrack as well yeah. as Skyrim. All and a lot of the, I think all of the Elder Scrolls that's, games. That's, that's who's doing the entire soundtrack. And, and, and that's, that's some pretty good, good stuff. That's some yeah, real good. It stuff. is really good stuff. Yeah. And so with between all that, the, the art direction, the audio is great, and the the gameplay innovations. I tell you what, the press ate it up like crack because these headlines were just the initial headlines were like EverQuest Next could fix everything wrong with MMORPGs EverQuest Next is real and it's amazing EverQuest Next lives up to the hype it's freaking insane EverQuest Next redefines section MMOs it just goes on and on EverQuest Next marries Avril Lavigne all is well in the world <laughs> Ever, EverQuest Next to bear twins royal twins to be born still in labor still in labor we're still waiting ladies and gentlemen soon everquest next twins will be born and they will be royal uh yeah it's it's there is a quite a bit the old hype machine has been spun up but you know normally i i i would be kind of snarky about it but no it looks really cool they're taking risks and that's what's really interesting to me is they got all these things right finally for the first time ever with an everquest franchise and then they're taking risks like eschewing the holy trinity what yeah. the hell is up with that? Yeah. That's a big risk, really. There's so many things that they're doing. Destructible landscapes. How does that Player created landscapes and landmarks. No leveling, just classes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's like straight out of like Bethesda lore, sort of like the whole... Yeah, we're going to... Oh, it's, it's crazy. Um, well, they didn't come out and exactly say it's a skill-based system. No. Like, so, but they did, they did say it's a skill tree, I think. Yeah, so I'm thinking, I'm wondering if it's like, you know, if you have somewhat of a, an overarching 
class and then have like compartments of skill trees that you can specialize in. And you can mix and match those. They made it sound to me that my interpretation was it was kind of a job system where you start out and there's 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 forty different professions is the number that they placed on it. And when you first start the game, there's only like six or so that are available. And the more that you play the game, you unlock other professions, and then you can swap between them depending on what role you want to have or what type of actions more, you want to more, do. More secret world-ish. It kind of reminded me of that, actually. But without as much complexity to the actual profession skills, they made it seem like there's a few, there is a small number of abilities with each profession. I'm hoping for a, a higher fun to suck ratio. There is no all. date attached to EverQuest Next, but there is a date attached to the extra game that they're also launching that ties in the game. EverQuest Next Landmark launch, launches this December, and it's essentially kind of a, a Minecraft-esque sandbox where you get to run around and use the same development tools that the Sony Online Entertainment engineers are using to build EverQuest Next, and you can go around and build your own towns, build your own uh, landmarks, landscapes, and potentially items in those made by players will be ported into EverQuest Next and launch as part of the game. When when companies do this stuff, I, I always think it's like a good thing. And, um, and One example would be Hellgate London did something similar to that um, before they came out with Hellgate London they wanted to they're really worried about like low latency network code so they had a, a code name mythos project which guess what that became torchlight and torchlight 2 so um i think it's really cool i mean it'd be really cool to be able to get in and play around with all that sandboxy stuff and Mm-hmm. With the, within that engine, which we now we we've already seen the, some of the graphics from the demos. Well, and the it's fact that gorgeous. they'll vet anything that goes into the main game is a good thing too. Yeah, I, I think it could be awesome. I mean, if you could like learn how to use all the sandbox tools, and then when the game actually launches, you'd have that full mastery and be able to create like, you know, basically a dungeon module. Oh, that'd be awesome. It'd be kind of like the architect stuff for, from City of Heroes, but with this major graphics overhaul. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that would be very appealing to me. So let's run down some of the big bullet points that came out of the presentation and stuff that after the hype wore down, some people have been posting some skeptical and speculative editorial sense saying, I don't know, this seems to be promising more than the world. And Hold your horses, we've seen this before. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. And how are they really going to pull this off? And one of the things that I think almost everybody, including us, has reacted with a what, is not only do you have a procedurally generated voxel world, but it's, it's, there, it's built that way so that you can destroy it with attacks. Certain parts of the landscape, not all parts of the landscape, certain parts are indestructible and can only be broken down via massive story events. But in some of the videos we saw, there was a a lion character who was spinning around just using basic attacks and he was obliterating this stone ruin. 
and actually blowing away the walls, digging into the floor, kind of like a giant drill. And there was another moment where there was a big ground attack, and it opened up a giant hole in the ruined, and there was an entire landscape below that. It, it might, in retrospect, have been a mistake to get Ben Stiller to do his voice. Because it reminded me a bit of Madagascar, but nonetheless, it was pretty cool. What was your reactions, guys, to an environment that finally has destructibility in it? An MMO environment. Yeah, the MMO part blows my mind, so... I have there's... to say, I mean, is it... They say permanent changes to the game world, so that's where it, it kind of comes into play, you know, I mean, I, I'm not understanding the... I mean, you could... This could really get out of hand. Well, especially if you have a guild of people that are just dedicated to being trolls and running around and destroying things. Oh, yeah, like a goon squad of... Exactly. ...request next, I mean... I, I volunteer for that role. And one thing that they haven't clarified is that they recognize that the land has to quote-unquote heal... That you can actually go in and you can destroy stuff, but over a period of time it will rebuild itself back oh, to what it was. Yeah. And they haven't decided how See, fast that process is going to change. Be. Well, they should probably make it about as fast as Mob responds for his own. <laughs> <laughs> One would think. Breaking this or else you're going to have a bunch of stuff floating in space, or when it spawns it's going to take a ton of damage when it falls to its death, which could be interesting too. As you like watch all these little knolls that were on this tower that was totally destroyed, like spawn and fall and die over and over again. So they should they should just probably like you know, they'll, use... they'll end up having to do some type of um environment variable against spawn. So they'll have to spawn at a different you know, within a an area as opposed to a location. Yeah. What was I the next on game that happened? There, there was an Exxon game we used to play that had some environmental... Vanguard? Vanguard had that, yeah, I think, you know. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of my question on this topic, is that there's contradictory messaging about this. There's some stuff, like Scott mentioned, that says you can make a permanent change. There's some stuff that they say that has to heal, and then there's some stuff that they say can't be damaged unless it's via a major world event. They release a gigantic iron stone golem to come and destroy something. Well, and I mean, this is all marketing, so permanent changes to the game world can mean, oh, I finally got my castle model approved through the other side, the design yeah. game, and they have allowed that to go into the game, and now everybody can see it. Oh, I permanently changed the game world. I mean, that, you know, that sentence is kind of open-ended. What does it actually mean and things like yeah. that? You're spot on there, yeah. Open for interpretation and also the laws of uh, gaming, which are crazy. Because you, you could really irritate people if you had something that, like a tower. Yeah. I think yeah. getting killed repeatedly is griefing. <laughs> yeah. If you, if, if you, you know, there's like um, mob camping or something like that. Well, and they say that they're trying to actually address that by having emergent AI. So they use this example where they're programming orcs, for instance, to really be covetous of gold. And so orcs will conglomerate and make a, a camp near an area where they can get a lot of gold. If lots of players come and keep trying killing them and ganking them and stuff, they'll pick up camp and they'll move somewhere else. 
to find so somewhere else. They'll weigh their forward. love for gold versus <laughs> the fact that the players are a pain in the ass. Killing them repeatedly. If they could really pull off emergent gameplay, man, that'd be really cool. Well, what you I want to see, we've been what I see that is uh, full destructibility of player-created objects. Because that will bring a whole new level of griefing. <laughs> well, it'd be cool if, if they could get there, like, if their AI was that advanced... You know, to have motivations. Mm-hmm. That that could be really cool. What would be so awesome is if they, you know, didn't put a lot of constraints in on their AI, and so like your player sit your player starter starter city got raided. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by mobs. It'd be awesome. And so I'm just curious with you guys. Are you going to try out EverQuest Next Landmark? Now, the main game, EverQuest Next, is apparently also going to be free to play because the promises of awesomeness just can't stop. I think EverQuest Next Landmark will also be free to play. I really do think Sony has just decided, you know, the profitability matrix is free to play premium content. I mean, what have they put out recently that is not free to play. That hasn't gone and ended up being free to play exactly. Or have no. an existing subscription game that they are not changing to free to play. Right. I, I mean, think so it's too. about their whole stable of games now. They they all these companies have to evolve, you know. Certainly Turbine was pretty much on the forefront of it, but they they hey, that, stink, that stinking mass of DDO can keep profitability. I mean, DDO no DDO would actually probably be pretty fun if you played it as a single player game, and if you had nothing else to play. Yeah. <laughs> you were like you were on like outpost. This is the only thing you have to and, do, and you had this internet connection <laughs> that could only see a, a very small subset of the publicly addressable internet, and one of those happened to be their server. It would be awesome. Yeah, but. So in general, I, I would say my overall reaction is it's a bunch of positive changes, a bunch of really ambitious goals that I hope they can pull off. Because if they can, then that's going to create a, a new benchmark and watermark for MMOs across the board. Well, yeah, and I think the some of the risks are cool. The I, I question the Holy Trinity is as you know getting rid of that is yeah. because it's fun to be the Holy Trinity. Well, and they're yeah. they're. Is it revolutionary or evolutionary? I mean, I'd say still evolutionary. I mean, they're trying to do so much. Some of some of this is not going to work. I mean, yeah, because it hasn't been. It's not going to be perfection. So I mean, you know, I just don't. I don't see how. I mean, what is my advantage of? But then again, this is all marketing. We're not even sure. Okay. What does that mean that we're streamlining classes? Ugh, I mean, it can mean a million things right now. Yeah, really, it's open ended. I think it's. I think all the MMOs we've seen have been evolutionary. I haven't seen anything I mean, revolutionary. It can be, be an easily, easily as you have, you know, a DPS style character that can, you know, maybe all classes have some off tank ability, or, or you know what I mean. It, it, all he's really saying is. You know that we're just kind of breaking up the Trinity piece. Doesn't say that the roles are going away; they're just going away in the traditional way. So, I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, that that 
that doesn't really mean much at the end of the day. Somebody still has to absorb or mitigate or dodge all the damage. Somebody has to provide healing to those who took damage, and somebody actually has to provide the damage. And no matter how you how you like mix and match it, those 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 three things have to occur at some level. I suppose you could add in like controller type effects, you know, crowd control and stuff. But well, to a certain extent, there that's damage mitigation. It's it's you know, true in a way. It's, yeah, it is damage or, avoidance. Yeah, I mean that's mitigation. Just yeah, I mean it, it's indirect healing in a certain sense. If I'm yeah. able to drop their, you know, their damage per second either through a stun or whatever you want to call it, that's still I'm mitigating damage to the group. So that um, that stuff still has to happen. But, yeah, eh, we'll see. It, so far, so good though. I'm 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 psyched. It looks cool. I Are you guys going to try out the landmark game? When I signed up for the beta. Yep. Um, I would probably load it to see just to see what it's what's possible there and what can be done. And I mean, it sounds like you know that they're impressed with it enough that they're actually releasing it as a separate product, which would imply that there must be some in- entertainment value to it just out of the box. Um, because they could have re- that could have just been oh here's our tool set where you can build free modules and stuff just like every other game has yeah and they're really trying to market it as something beyond that that implies that it it's worth that now, I don't know how they're going to monetize it because it's supposed to be free to play too yeah well I think they 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 might actually allow you to buy and sell player created items and content. Well, but that that allows you to monetize it. How do they make money off of it? They would probably take a cut of those transactions, would be my guess. But either that or I'm tile speculating. Sets. I'm wondering if it's going to be tile sets. Mm-hmm. Like here, you get these four out of the box, and you can buy this tile set, which is the you know this color palette for a lava world or whatever you want to. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean that could easily be it. I'm going to I'm going to sell you packs of art assets. You know, uh, object models. You know, yeah. buy a chest full of swords for you know whatever you can put in all your modules. Or yeah, there's a million ways they can monetize that thing. So, listeners, let us know what you think about EverQuest next. Are you excited about it? I've never been excited about an EverQuest game before, but now I finally am, and I'm interested to hear if other people out there are. Drinking the Kool-Aid or so incredibly skeptical they'll believe it when they see it. <laughs> but I think I'm if anything, I'm excited by the spirit of what they're trying to promise. And if they can get a chunk of this stuff done, it'll still be a step forward. Next up we want to talk about another game announcement coming from S2 Games, the people behind an old PC game called Savage, but really what they're best known for is Heroes of New Earth. An, a MOBA that they say they will continue to support, it has 2.5 million players, but in spite of that, they are now creating what they call the second generation MOBA, and it is entitled Strife. There was a PC game released in the 90s called Strife, but this is not that. This is a brand new world and a new MOBA from S2 Games. The CEO did a big press blitz for it today, the day of our recording, which is August 8th, and it over in an interview on VentureBeat, I like the intro- introductory quotes over here saying, 
Mark DeForest is his name, and he said it's Mark with a C, Mark. Just so you know. Oh, the yeah. No. <laughs> but he said, "I'm almost tired of hearing about mobas. Who is it making a moba?" But then he went on to say how strongly we and passionately <laughs> he believes in Stripe. He says he says that Stripe will quote prove to be one of the most played and most beloved games in all of PC gaming. Jeez, well. You know what? That's, At least he didn't exaggerate. That's such a nuanced <laughs> statement. I don't know what he means. Modest. <laughs> I really look at it and I go, you know, I I can't tell if he says he's for it or against it. I, you know, he, well, and he's he also said it, he said it while he had ash on his face and was you know in sackcloth. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> totally. He's also asserting that. Heroes of New Earth isn't going to go anywhere. It's going to continue to be supported. And he definitely <laughs> no, believes... It's not going anywhere. That, <laughs> that <is laughs> he says, actually, he says they have a growing player base, and they plan to continue to capitalize on that and support that growing player base. And that he thinks that Strife will not take people away from Heroes of New Earth. People will, in fact, be happy to play both games. They won't just look at one and say, oh, I can't play that other one. They're going to play both of them. Well, of course. Who do you but, know? Do you either of you? Do either of you know people that play multiple MOBAs? Nope. No. Nope. Me you neither. Just get your favorite. You find your favorite and you stick with you it. You stick with it. I agree. Yeah. I don't know anybody that does. I, and I mean, I, I would say we have enough, at least ancillary people that we've met through League of Legends that that would be, you know, we would find someone. No, that's all they no. play. They, Dota, they might have tried. They may. They've tried they, the other. They ones. try other ones. They try, they try, ones. They try, but they try other ones in lieu of what they were playing. <laughs> yeah, and then they come back and they're like, "Oh, yeah. thank God!" It's not. Uh, I'm playing both simultaneously. It is. I'm playing this now to see if it is worth switching to. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I don't see that as good. So, in order to rise above the rest, S2 Games has a lot of interesting features that they are building into Strife, which I think so far does not have a release date either. It was just announced, so it's somewhere within the next year, hopefully. There's a barely a smidgen of video content that you can see via some interview videos over on YouTube. But written out in text all over the place are a whole bunch of different features that are going to be in this mode, but to set itself apart. First of all, and some changes from how Heroes of New Earth plays, Heroes of New Earth automatically throws you into voice chat, provided you have a microphone, with your teammates at the start of every game. So whether these people are your friends or not, they can start harassing you or talking to you right away. And wow, Strife is going to have consensual only voice chat. So only voice chat with people who are on your friends list, essentially not everybody on your team, and you can select Oh, you're, you're going to give me a toggle that says I can turn off my voice chat? Thank you for that innovative <laughs> feature. Appreciate that. <laughs> they also, in an unusual choice, and I'm pretty sure this isn't in League of Legends, please correct me, but in Heroes of New Earth, apparently you can see cooldowns of other people's abilities, and if you see that right after you died that somebody else had a heal waiting, you can argue with them and like, why didn't you heal me? Why didn't you heal me? Your cooldown was down, da 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 and they're not going to allow you to see other people's cooldowns. You can't so. see that in in no. In fact, I often announce it. I'm like, I okay. mean, there's Im, there's implication I got, I got, of a cooldown. Yeah. Hey, he just you know he just did his yeah you, you know, his heavy start, skill. So start I have 45 menu. seconds. 
if you are if you are very smart, I suppose you could track <laughs> everybody's cooldowns. But yeah, you, I I often announce it with like Sona or yeah. somebody who has a you know a an ulti that's actually valuable like Karthus or something. I'm like, yeah, my my cooldown's about twenty seconds away, so just let me know. Yeah, that'd be horrible to know what everybody's cooldown was. Yeah, I wouldn't want to know oh, that. Oh, can you imagine? But see, you could also see like what skill sequence everybody's playing and, and yeah oh. that's well, like the meta meta game how do you abstract abstraction but that's what that would be that's that's not good so so far nothing impressive another thing that they said they were doing is they're not building the world fiction after the fact they're actually building it before they come up with heroes so that things heroes organically and naturally come from certain areas of a landscape and obviously there are rivalries between certain ones. Oh, this sounds like a job for R.A. Salvatore. <laughs> Let's just dust him off and put him in there. So again, not impressing. Uh, pardon my pardon my cynicism. Yes. I'm really, really excited about the fiction of this video game and I hope that it inspires generations to become authors. Let's get into some more atypical choices. They are only going to launch with 25 heroes, and they will all be free from the get-go. They will, in general, have one or they'll have two or so specialties, but they'll be more broadly defined. Whereas when you look at a game like Heroes of New Earth or Dota 2 or League of Legends, all of which have over 100 champions, there's so many champions they become so much more specialized in the skill set that it's hard for those champions to be more broadly played. I mean, you can say, hey, I have a tank or I have a support, but one support, Sona, such a, for Sona versus Lulu in League of Legends, those are two very different types of supports. One heals, one can't even do a heal. Well, and, one is utterly awesome and one is just a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> We're not biased. No, and not. something else also interesting about these heroes is you don't actually see you pick your hero before you go into the team matchmaking. So you don't get into this debate about we need someone to pick a tank. Why aren't you picking a tank? Well, if you're, are you going to play tank Garen? If you're paying, playing Garen, you can't play DPS Garen. That instead the game is going to say, Hey, there's only 25 heroes. Pick the one that you're actually really familiar with or the one that you really want to learn. And then we will match you with other people based on your experience with that champion or based on the role that you typically play that champion as. So that people aren't yelling at you. I see that as a huge mistake, but, um, you know. Why do you dislike it? Well, I think when you when you when you go to set up your team, it's cool to adjust and come up with a well formed team. Somebody, you don't want everybody to be like uh, to use League of Legends terms AD or AP. You want to divide it up so that people on the other team. Can't armor themselves and yeah, protect themselves. Yeah, can't resist the specific type of damage. Right. Exactly. Right, and you want to have like a, a Ramus or somebody like that who can like pull aggro and. Yeah, and I don't see how like I mean, their matchmaking technology is going to have to be like amazing to be able to pull this off. Well, especially if if a champion has can play as both as a DPS or a support tank, how's the game going to predict which way you're going to play the champion and match you up when it's yeah. one or the other? I, I feel like what they're doing is they're trying to make this much more accessible and casual, but the problem is you take out all the strategy and leave the player with only tactics. And by strategy, I mean you can't look at the overall game and come up with a plan. You can only basically plan for every single little instance of an encounter you have with the opponent. 
And I think that's a really bad idea. If I if I wanted it to be like brain dead simple, I'd I'd probably look at you know some other type of game. Uh, but I I I think that's that's just a bad bad idea. I don't know if, if you guys are equally like uh, up on the ledge, ready to jump like me, but <laughs> it's it's just it just seems it's bad. It's bad. I mean, I put a lot of thought into like what would be a, a, the way to make a good D- Dota type game or MOBA, and and in many in almost all ways, League of Legends kind of satisfies what I think would be ideal. There are a couple of things that I think are missing from League of Legends for. Um, making it, you know, casual, accessible, and this is not one of those things. I really don't see that as, like, a huge leap to go, once people have played one or more matches, they will understand the need to diversify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Well, even, even like, damage type, like, yeah. like you were saying, I mean, you know, you can have an AD that is, but all their skills are, do magic style damage. You can have an AD that does physical damage. You can have a you know, yeah, that does you, you know dots. I mean, it it could easily be everyone everyone on your team does physical damage. Great, they're going to armor stack and we'll lose. I just feel like they should build in. No the matter code. how good you play, don't don't you feel like they should build into the code like something that looks at the team that you've pre pre assembled before matchmaking occurs. And then right when right when you're ready to start, like the last thing it says to you is you're fucked. <laughs> like we've we've done the math and you have a point nine 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 percent chance of losing. Um but if you want, we've also to make this more casual, there's only one minute before you can surrender. So <laughs> and at that point you can, you know, self regulate the community by patting everyone on the back that was on your team and saying everyone on the other team was a douchebag. <laughs> so some other stuff that's atypical, you can regenerate your HP and your MP automatically by not engaging in combat or taking combat or taking damage. You have to wait a moment, but then a 20% chunk will regenerate versus you having to take a potion or run back to base. So that's like that's like Dota turtling. That's what that's going to be. Yeah. People are going to just disconnect themselves from everything that's going on around. And somebody, like your teammates under siege, and you're like, heal up to full and run in and be the hero after <laughs> the teammate's dead or try and save the team. No, I yeah, know. Yeah. I think that's horrible, too. It, I mean, gameplay will, will be designed to do spike damage. That can't be mitigated. I mean, that's... Yeah. That'll be what you do. You you know, everyone concentrates on one guy, spikes him down. Um, I mean, it'll. It's a very limiting factor of gameplay to allow regeneration that quickly in PvP. I, I hate the idea. I think it's cool to see it for um, certain champions or or characters that have an ability that, that capitalizes on that, like, say, Shin or... Yeah, there are, there are characters. I could see this being a skill of a certain character that allows this. But where, not oh, universal. Not everybody. No. no. Yeah, no. What I do you think about the idea. concept of not having the last hit to get gold? If your lane partner is nearby you, the gold will be split between you, or 
small portions of the gold will be distributed oh, amongst uh, the whole team as minions are defeated. Ding, ding, ding. A winner. Finally. Yeah. I would I like agree with that. that, or even percentage yeah. of damage. So yeah. let's say, yeah. you know, creature gives you 100 gold. Well, if I did 78% of the damage to him, I need to get 78%. Exactly, of yeah. I like yeah. that, too. I, I think that's great. Well, I mean, that's something that could be implemented into any MOBA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the last hit thing's always just annoyed the shit out of me. Well, I appreciate things like um, like Naeus' skill that stacks based on the number of last hits he does. Mm-hmm. That that to me is there's a mechanical, you know there's a there's a game mechanic that is pushing me to do that. The, at that a character level, the, not at a global level. Right. Yeah. I I can appreciate that that skill becomes powerful if I'm very good at last hitting. Yeah. But you're not required to last hit all the time. Right. Yeah. I do like that. I think that's something I would even enjoy in League of Legends is do percentage-based damage, percentage-based rewards. Because it could be the alternate of that. I don't think the guy that comes in and hits the tower at the very end, just oh, because I know. he's there, should not get 150 gold for doing yeah. that. Even if or yeah, the kill steals of champions even. So, so finally we have a concept here that we all agree is good. And it should be universal. It should be for towers, champions, yeah. mobs, whatever. Well, and it could even—I mean—it can even have a positive thing of that you know people are willing to run in and do a massive amount of of you know let me you know absorb a lot of his tank through my you know I mean I can only do seventy-eight percent of his damage, but this will allow somebody to kill him afterwards. But I know that I'm going to get credit for that ex- expending of all my you know virtual assets, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, my yeah. skill tree. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, because you could build your, your champion multiple ways, and one would be to, you know, have burst damage where you'd most likely take the tower down, or one could be, you know, dots where you... It's, it's you know, dicey whether or not you'd get it, but you'd be a huge contributor. You just wouldn't get the glory. So, yeah, I like that rule. I think that's pretty cool. Now, the map itself is a three-lane map, traditional style, but it's a little bit smaller than what we're used to in oh, either Dota love, 2 or League of Legends. Love the smaller idea. And on top of that, they've added... Little... <coughs> I wouldn't say that's innovative, though. <coughs> no, no, not revolutionary. Well, yeah, what I'm getting to is that on top of that, they've added these temporarily called observatory towers that you can capture for your team, and they basically act as sentry monitors, remote sentry monitors, you're not actually, there's no warding in the game. You don't go around dropping wards, but you can capture these observatory towers and keep an eye on when the enemy is going to, is making an approach. And on the other hand, they can recapture those towers from you and turn the visibility benefit over to their side. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. It's, an, it's cool. It's, it's a an gimmick. Alternate, it's an alternate ward mechanic. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say it's better. It's probably just, it's just a little different. I like it. It's a mix. You know, it mixes it up a little bit, but I, I think Twisted Treeline has something similar to that, doesn't it? Uh, I think I feel like it does. I, I always, when you capture those buff things in the middle, don't yeah. those act as wards? Yeah, I would. I would like the way I play the game. I would prefer this mechanic to the dropping wards thing because, you know, especially because I usually play support characters in the traditional three corridor maps. I just don't have the, the, the money, the discretionary funds to buy wards. Because of the last hitting thing. 
Yeah, exactly. So I spend most of my time just trying to build my my character out. And so I don't have time to get wards. And uh, usually I'm running to save someone. Versus running around the map dropping wards. Right. You know, for junglers, that might be totally a different thing. But, um, yeah, I, w- I would say that's a, that would, for my play style, the ob- observatory tower thing would be really cool. Because I, I do like to, you know, optimize my path through the map and maybe find areas that I should yeah. go. Like maybe... Maybe I need to go from point A to B, but I can make a little bit of a curve and hit that observatory or something. So I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, it's a neat idea. I, just, I don't know if that's... It's not it's, revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. It's, that is a uh, a game mode as opposed to a new game. It's just a different and now game. we come to the torchlight. Yeah. So in League of Legends, we're very familiar with the concept of leveling up your summoner account outside of the game matches. You have a skill tree, and then you also have these rune pages where you can add percentage-based buffs and improvements to the champion's abilities that you play with. In Strife, you're instead going to have a pet companion that you level up by playing standard battles in the game, and you can choose to evolve these pets in different directions. Each pet will have uh, three evolutions, and within the game, the pet will follow you around. It can act as a courier to go to the store. It can also act as a buffer or an attack uh, support, too. And part of the microtransactions will allow you to buy different pets for different cosmetic reasons and stuff like that. But kind of an interesting concept, and if you have a certain pet, you can use them with any champion. It's not locked onto one specific champion. I do think it limits your... Uh the future champion list that you'll have. Because there's some, I mean, there's a whole subset of champions in League of Legends, for example, that has pet mechanics. Is their, you know, that's their, yeah. that's their play style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just a different way of um, doing, like, in League of Legends, they have the summoner levels. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's just, just a, it's kind of a different interpretation of that. Or Dota 2, you have like uh, courier chickens or whatever it is. I remember yeah, what they are. donkeys and stuff. Yeah, you know, not not really a big deal to me. An, an often game-changing moment occurs in League of Legends. I think Dota 2 has this where you can kill a neutral creep or monster that's super strong within the jungle, and, and then that gives your entire team a buff. For Strife, what they're going to do is they have this giant ape that's chained up in a prison area somewhere on the map, and it's guarded by this really high-level human or monster guard. Conky Dong? (laughs) 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 So the idea is once your team is strong enough, you go and you take on this guard, and if you defeat them, you free the ape, and then it will randomly spawn in one of the three lanes and charge down the lane, taking out minions, champions, and also it will attack towers for you until it itself is defeated. Kind of a cool concept. It could add some chaos. It's, and some it's more active. Yeah, I like it. it. I actually really like that. I think the Baron Nasher thing is, is fine. You get a buff. But to have it like actively just like be this super super well it wouldn't be a super creep it'd be like a super duper duper creep 
just heading down that lane. That'd be really cool. And you can't predict which one it's going to be either. Yeah, and so the other team doesn't know, so they have to react. By the time they react, surely things will have gone into total chaos (laughs) mode. I I like it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think it's, um, again, it's, it's a slight mechanics change. I don't know if it's, you know... I mean, it's uh, the the buff is functionally what you would the equivalent of what you get from a you know from from the Baron, you know, from a certain sense. If you think about it, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you're all super buff champions if you can randomly choose a lane and destroy everything in the lane. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I do think it's a neat mechanic, um, but again, I mean, it's that's a game mode, not a game. Okay. Still nothing. Nothing's grabbing me. I'm, I'm still not. All right. Still well, not believing League of Legends. <laughs> outside of the main game, after you get out of the game, you'll see a series of treasure chests. You can shuffle them, and you can select one as a prize. You can use real money to buy an additional second chest. And you don't really know what you're going to get in these chests, but they will be buffs and bonuses and stuff like that. But they're also dependent upon your karma rating, which is the player policing system that Strife is going to implement. In addition to these treasure chests, after a match, all of your teammates can give you either positive, negative, or neutral feedback and give you karma points, either positive or negative. Having a higher positive karma not only gives you a better rating in the community and helps you in matchmaking, but it also increases the value of what you might get on one of those treasure chests, while the opposite is true if you have a lot of negative karma or if you're actually trolling and you're giving everybody negative karma, whether or not they truly earn that. And meanwhile, everybody else is giving realistic ratings. Well, I've heard of this before. <laughs> it's while it didn't, it wasn't part of League of Legends at launch, it was developed, you know, Within a couple of years, and it was called the Tribunal. Yeah. And then the it Honor still System. Still exists, as far as I know, right? Yeah, it's yeah. totally it exists. It's the only thing it doesn't do is, is determine match rewards. Yeah. So it's there in League of Legends. This is just kind of taking it to. Uh, yeah, to I don't a, want a buff. If you want to reward me with a treasure chest, give me extra IP. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, so that is an overall middle to negative reaction from you two. <laughs> Strife sounds like they are not going to be converting you anytime soon. Oh, uh, actually, I, I want to play it. I, I'm going to yeah, try it. I'll check it out. I want to try it. I don't know. I think we should all. I think we should. The three of us should check it out um, and yeah. maybe record it. You know, like do it as a side quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think I think we should um, because they're trying to do. They're trying to do. I mean, I would not agree to do that to Heroes of Newer. No, but as I look through this <laughs> list, it's not like they're trying to make a better um, Dota game. It's like they're really trying to make a better Heroes of New Earth because a lot of these are issues that are problems with Heroes of New Earth. The map size of Heroes of New Earth is gigantic, and the speed yeah. of the characters is slow, so you don't feel like you can. You, you feel like your mobility is really, really bad in that game. Um, and, you know, as you you go down the list, it's like a laundry list of things they should have done differently with Heroes of New Earth, and, and, you know, most likely they'll slowly change Heroes of New Earth as well in parallel, but I would, I would give it a chance. Cool. All right. I think, I think also, 
Um, Noah, you did like a study of of MOBAs. How many champions are there for Heroes of New Earth? I think it's a hundred and eight. None of them are good. Like <laughs> seriously, you, I, I I don't know how I, many there are, but none are good. <laughs> no, I mean it's true. I went through the list and they weren't compelling. Whereas I look at like Dota two or I look at um, League of Legends and I'm like, oh, this is a cool champion or character. Oh, yeah. this is cool. Oh, I like this combination of skills. The ones in Heroes of New Earth are like we, they give you one thing that's good and four or three things that aren't good. <laughs> and you have to balance out the one good versus the three not goods to come up with the one thing that you could maybe not be totally disgusted with playing. So well, and they also use that Dota contrivance of these are agility heroes and these are intelligence heroes. I hate that subdivision because it yeah. makes little difference to me of intelligence versus strength versus it's just they have that stupid window they, dressing they, that's well, what i like what i like is the league of legends the i was just going to say the type of you know what is my role that's, yeah that's the beauty you know, of what are my skills synergized to exactly that, that's the beauty of here of uh, i almost said the beauty of heroes and earth it's the beauty of league of legends it's like if you with the newest version, if you go by recommendations, if you play Sona um, with the traditional three-corridor model, she's geared up as one thing. But if you play her as a... So I think she's like AP... No, not Sona. Who am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking of Kale. I'm sorry. If you play Kale and you do the three-corridor model, what's that, Summoner's Rift? Mm-hmm. She's um, like all AD. If you Or all AP. If you play her... In Dominion, she's mm-hmm. the opposite. And so it's so cool because you're playing this champion that you know so well, with the abilities you know so well, but all of a sudden they're totally different in the way that they take effect, the, how effective they are in certain situations, how, you, how you're going to utilize them, as opposed to saying, oh, this is just an agility character, and, and you're yeah. just going to build it this way. You're just going to go with speed, and you're going to go with a little bit of damage, and that's how you're going to do it every <laughs> single time. And it, I think it's really cool because it lets the same champion have, like, m- you know, talk about multifaceted. You know, you can make a tanky Sona if you want. Yeah. Or you can make a, you can make a like, total offensive Sona. Or you can make one that actually can heal, which would be a shocker. And they're, most well, people. and they're viable. And they're viable. And all three they're are balanced, viable. Yeah. I mean, right. like, Sivir, I've, I've played an AP Sivir. You know, I yeah. bump ability power, and all I use is her skill shot, and it gets becomes, you know, insanely powerful. But now that you're you're giving up some things too while you're doing that, so I mean, it's all trade offs, but they're all viable. Same same with Tristana, a total like you would look at her and say she's a total AD character. You can play her AP with a different build, get creative, and you can suddenly start doing like. These these burst damage hits that just are like mind boggling. As long as the conditions are right, so yeah. I just kept my check my research document. I misspoke earlier. Heroes of New Earth currently has the largest champion list. They have 118 champions. The next highest would be League of Legends with 114, followed by Dota and Dota 2, which have 112. That's a lot of choices to dig through. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not the quantity of champions that makes. Well, and if you good. think about it, I mean, you know, how how long has it taken League of Legends to get to that level? 
five years, four years? Yeah, and with careful growth and with champions that are very I mean, they different. started off with 58, 57, something like that. Well, less than that. I think it was like 30 or maybe even 18. It was, it was I believe it was like 18 Yeah. When it, when it was in beta. Which is good. Not a good way to start. But well, all yeah. right. You've heard our take on Strife, if you want to share Ob- your own. Obviously, we don't know anything about this genre. If you mm, at none. An uneducated no opinion at all. Whatsoever. It sounds interesting, though. We would like to try, but first we'll play Battlefield to truly understand it. <laughs> Let us know what you think. You can send in your comments via email, or you can leave comments over on the website. But without further ado, let's get into our Monday game night, a tale of two games. First of all, of course, Mark and I have renewed, have a new journey into World of Warcraft high-level content. We started it this last Monday on August 5th, and we plan to play it through the end of September. We're at about level 48, 49, 50. In case you want to join us, we are on the Arthas server, Horde, Faction... We say high level because it's relatively high level. Yeah, it's obviously not level 85, 90. <laughs> but it's 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 new for us in terms of the Channel Massive Game Tours because we're not starting from scratch as we've done yeah. every other game. Yeah, our whole plan is to you know do some of the higher level instances from like Vanilla WoW and then get into Outland and see what we can do. Now, for me at least, I am probably one of the least experienced of the people trying this game. <laughs> And we were lucky we had Tomri join us from January and February, and we also had Hilgi join us, I believe. I hadn't touched World of Warcraft since March or April, and I booted it up, and I, I patched it, booted it up, and I'm like, holy cow, I have this completely full ability bar with so many icons. I've got two of them. I'm like, I don't remember even what all these do. How do I pull up my mount? We got into an instance I couldn't even remember what the right button click was to loot automatically loot things. But you tanked well. That was the funniest part. You were like, I don't know. How do I how do I loot stuff? I'm not <laughs> sure how to move around. But like the whole time he has like full aggro of the the all the mobs. That was the fun and and the particular instance we went into, I can't remember which one was that. Do you remember the instance we were in? Well we had Skolomance first and then Razor. Skolomance. We go into Skolomance, which is just like um, one of the things that differentiate, differentiates WoW from a lot of MMOs is the quantity of the trash mobs. I mean, we were surrounded. I mean, it was God, just yeah. mobs everywhere. And, you know, some were lieutenants and, and stuff, but most were just like base mobs, but they were just everywhere. And Noah had like their full attention. And the whole time he's <laughs> like, I don't know how to play. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm rolling and, out of the battle. And he's, and he's like doing these crazy somersaults into danger and stuff. And he's like totally maintaining aggro, like just like Thank what we would want. Well. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And so that that was the funniest part was like, I don't remember how to loot stuff. And we're like, that's <laughs> fine. You know, we, <laughs> anything major, it's going to come up and you can choose. But if you do want to do it, it's, you know. It's like, you know, I don't even know. It's muscle memory for me at this point, but it's like, you know, shift. (laughs) (laughs) Muscle memory. It is, you know, Um, but, um, but yeah. I know Kung Fu. (laughs) And, but 
and something that was just cool for me is we rebooted back or we when we logged back in we were in the middle of Agrimar and just seeing the dozens upon dozens of people all over town cool mounts cool equipment and armor there's people flying everywhere the sky is full of people it was just so cool it's really funny too because somehow Hilgi has managed to create the only like cute female panda I've ever seen <laughs> and so I spawned there with my hog which is my like my, my Harley yeah. And he jumped in, so I, it's like I'm a I'm a panda with a Viking helmet on. It's actually Olaf's helmet from Lost Vikings, which makes it ultra precious to me because Lost Vikings is one of my favorite games of all time by Blizzard. But um, I'm cruising around on my chopper, but I have this like hot panda chick with me, which is <laughs> Hilgi, and we're like just driving around Agramar like all crazy, you know. We're like jumping up stuff, and and it was it was really fun. It was like a great way to start, just driving around, being silly, oh, yeah. and oh, seeing. Yeah. And then that was the thing we talked about. We're like, you know, all these other MMOs would be playing. There's stuff going on, but when you're in Agrimar in WoW and you look up at the sky and you just see all these dragons flying over, each one with a player character at the yeah. helm, mm-hmm. and and you see like just all the crazy stuff going on in that that city. It's like, wow, this is alive and vibrant, and there's stuff to yeah. do. And uh, then we jumped into the dungeon, and that's when Noah announced that he didn't know how to loot anymore. But <laughs> it was just so funny that he was tanking incredibly effectively. Maybe it was button mashing at first, but I think by the time we did the second instance, you, you were in back group. in your groove. I was yeah. the same way. I was Because, well, we started out, and Tom joined us, and he was a healer, another monk but th- who does heals. And so... That threw me off my game because I'd, I'd geared my little panda, Shammy, to uh, to be a healer as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, he wants to heal. Okay, so I, I switched over because now you can kind of like dual spec, dual spec sort of. Yeah. So I switched back to DPS. And it took me a while to figure out like what was really useful with mm-hmm. with that. And I was like, you know, whoever the hell it was that set these buttons up did a really good job. <laughs> because these are truly the best abilities you could possibly rotate through and, and use, and you know, so I started to like realize that like previously we I had I did have it down to a science. You did, but um, it took a while, and mm-hmm. and it was it was somewhat disconcerting that Noah's um tank. So he <laughs> plays a Pandarian brewmaster monk. Which doesn't sound good, but (laughs) his DPS was twice as good as anybody else's in the party throughout (laughs) every instance we did. Plus, he held total aggro, which is probably, you know, makes sense. He's doing the most damage, so he's the biggest threat. But what's so funny is he's all about, um, he doesn't absorb damage, he doesn't mitigate it, he dodges it. Yeah. And so everybody that's coming at him is like trying to kill him and his little his you can just imagine his little panda like moving subtly right out of the way of every attack that happens. <laughs> and the only thing that really gets you are like, you know, like big AoE spells yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And that's when like the 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 healing kicks in. <laughs> yeah. But even then you seem to somehow it's like he's got like nine lives or something. But yeah, he had like twice the DPS of anyone too. Um, so not to, not that it was an all about Noah thing or anything, but, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it was just funny to observe the the yeah, GPS it, stuff, it, you it know. Syncratic, really. Yeah. So after that, I was like, "Well, you're a level ahead of me." So I decided after we got done, I I stayed on. And, and, it up? and then I played the next <laughs> night. Got it up. I got it up. So now I'm like a level fifty, close to fifty one. <laughs> I can't. I was so tired. I was starting to fall asleep. I don't. I just. I guess I didn't get enough sleep. <laughs> and I was so worried that you guys were going to notice that I was falling asleep. It's like. Oh, uh-huh. like my eyes are closed and I open my eyes. I'm like, wait, how much time has passed? I'm like, okay, we're still still in the same battle. I'm, at the end of that, I'm like, right, guys, I cannot play any more of this. Yeah, no, that was like about 11.45 our time and uh, 1.45 for some of the others. And it was the right right call to stop. So we, we, we gave it, or yeah, we gave it a break. And uh, I'm glad that you uh, managed to surpass me so that I stay in the back. Yeah, you can get the hell behind now, but... <laughs> Skullamance is is so fun and and uh um I can't remember some of the others we ran were Razor um, Downs was the other one that we did. Yeah, we Spider Boss and the Skeleton Boss and uh the Lich Wizard boss. Which we just destroyed. We destroyed everything. It was But what was funny is I I missed we didn't have Jay Sean. She said she was gonna be there and she's always our guide and every time we've played that particular instance she's like Let's go down this path. And she was just the perfect guy. Yeah. We ended up doing it in the complete reverse order, which required all this random backtracking. She she sent an email, and I'm not sure if it went to all of us or just me, but she had to move her dad or something. Oh. Um, and she's got some other stuff going on, so she probably won't be really back at the helm of the computer till December-ish. So. Wow. So we we won't really have her with us for this. We're gonna oh. have we're gonna have to uh, go Let's a little figure long. it out for ourselves. Yeah, we're gonna have to be <laughs> industrious. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I after all the other MMOs we played, I really like the wow fren- frenetic combat <laughs> of WoW. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love Star Wars: The Old Republic too. That's a lot of fun. What's that? Star Wars: The Old Republic is also very fun. It's fun, but it's, the combat's just not as crazy. No, no. I mean, we had so much stuff going after us. Yeah. And and as it stacked up, I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it. And then, yeah, we'd make it. So <laughs> it's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Now, Scott, y- you were one of several people who were like, we are not going to subscribe to World of Warcraft. We are not going to play that game we will find something else to play instead. And there was a lot of things that you were throwing around, even World of Warplanes, World of Tanks. Uh, but that was not what you ended up playing. You ended up playing something else instead. We did. We ended up playing Rift. Rift. Which, why Why somebody put the show notes, Terra! But anyway. <laughs> Rift, Terra, it's all the same to me. So how was it? How did you find <laughs> oh, it? Golly. Well, that's the funny thing is because I know that you've played Rift before, so this is a return to this game for you. You had like three or four characters already. Well, I I had had um, a couple. When once it went free to play, I I it had interested me even back when it was a subscription game. I just never committed, you know, the money to it. Um, so when it went free to play, of course, I downloaded it and and started messing around with it, and I was really. I'm pretty impressed with it. It's a decent little game. So, um, Cormac had already had some uh, 
some characters as well, and Brian had never played it, but didn't. Um, it had been so long since he'd been back in WoW, I didn't, you know, didn't really want to go through the hassle of trying to get up to speed to play with y'all. So the three of us ended up getting together at the same time and played through. We actually all started new characters on uh, the Necropolis PvP server, and um, oh, we got 13 levels of content out of the way. So wow. That- that was so so like the funniest part was the next day there was this like huge email thread and it made me actually almost think man we should add like forums to our website or something yeah because it was so like cool and active and stuff but um i mean you guys were like we got 13 levels and i was just like holy crap that's you played like, way longer than the standard and, two yeah hours. We, we were like oh yeah yeah an we, hour and 45 minutes that's good let's go bed but they were like in it to win it and played really late. Yeah, we played from. I mean, we got cranked up just a few minutes after ten central, um, and I logged off about one. I stayed on about five minutes after to. Um, you can respect your skill, um, your skills there for nothing. So mm-hmm. you know, so I was basically messing around with. Um, the different mage uh, school. So you basically, have like three blocks of skill trees that have different sets of skills. So, like you can be, you know, a, a necromancer, and a, and a, they actually have a healing tree for the mage, and then you know one that does protection or aura and things like that. So I was just mixing and matching those for about five minutes, but that was about Tyndall two Central Time. <laughs> now, so I have a. Uh... I have perhaps a groundbreaking observation, but since the three of you are on Eastern time, uh, I'm Central, Central. Central. Or Central Eastern. You could theoretically start at eight your time and not wait for us <laughs> we're playing different games. Except for, uh, except for, for next week. Except for I coach Little League football, so I don't even get home until oh. almost 9 o'clock, so... Yeah, yeah, that's the bottleneck. I'm the bottleneck. I am. So we no have identified. No reached short. out yet and said, "Hey, let's start at nine. I could probably start at nine, which may, we may do. Yeah, um, you guys should do that. Just to. I mean, there's no reason why we couldn't. So yeah. Um, you know, we really didn't. Um, we didn't I really branch your... out to anything other than the standard. Um, you know, we op- we. Uh, in that game, there's uh, you know there's two factions, um, the Guardians and the Defiance, and so basically there's the Rift is, you know the dragons are coming back and they're, I mean basically there's a breaking between this world and you know basically elemental worlds, so you have different elemental worlds. The Rifts are like you know uh, breaches from you know like the world of fire or the an ocean world or a world where life has gone like over the top so everything is like mutated and um you know different kinds of things like that well mm-hmm. um these open up periodically or you can open them um you have this, a skill basically that opens them but the two premises are the guardians are you know all the normal humans tried to resist the the invasion and this huge core of heroes was basically wiped out. <laughs> and so the gods have come back, and they have called through 
the you know the valiant dead and said okay we're going to we're going to bring this select few the player characters back to life to to fight this invasion and give them additional powers and things like that. Oh, so you're all playing zombies essentially. Well, on the on the guardian side, on the defiant side, it is basically the uh, the defiants are basically uh, a set of people that are utilizing the power from the these rifts and things like that to basically magically power like steampunk type devices. So basically they're fighting it with technology. But um it's really interesting because the very like the uh the prequel is the Defiants are, are they've basically lost. <laughs> they're like in their last redoubt and they have figured out how to make an ascended, which is what the Guardians call the thing that the um they have come up with the uh you know, basically the steampunk way to make an ascended. <laughs> so they bring you back to life, and then they're going to send you back in time to correct where they screwed up, so that the so that where uh, you start is not what ends up happening. But it's it's somewhat funny in the sense that you know, yes, we're defiance and we know we lose, so we have to you know trying to change history kind of thing. But um, yeah. So I mean, the backstory is pretty interesting. Um, I did. Um, I'm real impressed with the monster design. Nothing feels very low level, even though we're mm-hmm. you know, technically one through thirteen. It felt yeah. epic. Um, if you feel powerful, um, even the rifts, even though they're you know they're low level rifts, they they feel important. If you do not, um, it is a an environmental public quest type, um, you know modifier where if you don't close one down uh they'll spawn mobs that begin to you know rampage the countryside basically so <laughs> um then you have periodically have you know even outside of the rifts you have invasions from different um different worlds that go on during that i mean like we we only and we only encountered one of those. It was and but it feels epic because everybody comes in to fight it. Everybody's, um, you know, the there's certain tiers. So you know, you get um, there's a whole another currency piece based on dealing with extra planar creatures that you can, you know, buy different runes and and different equipment that you don't get through questing and things like that. Um, also, like an artifact set and all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, everybody's coming in to do all that kind of stuff, and each invasion has tiers, so you have to wipe out a certain number of the invasion forces. There's certain bosses at certain places. You have to wipe those out, and they'll spawn at different points. But they're also attacking the quest nodes. That's what they're... And so if you do not repel them, they will... They'll wipe out the quest node for <laughs> time, which will prevent you from being able to get the quests or turn yeah. them in. So it's um yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's um it feels pretty epic. Um, yeah, and we re- I mean we really had a good time, just the three of us. Um, but yet we were you know because even when you go into a rift, you know you can you can every one of them is like a location based public quest that you can just say hey I want to join the public group and it just it sticks you in a group with everybody else. If you want to do that, um, so if you're a healer but you're solo, well, you can just jump in the rifts and you get a 
set of guys that you can heal and contribute to the group and um and some of them are you know they're even though it's scaled to your level they're they're not scaled for the individual so i mean some of the bosses even at your level they'll wipe you out if you're by yourself um you know to avoid them if you're not in a group or there's not a group um organized to try to take it down things like that so it doesn't feel like it's a cakewalk everywhere all the time um which is kind of nice too so we really enjoyed it i think um we haven't we haven't done any pvp there are several instance dungeons in the area we're in we haven't done any of those there's also um a mechanism called instant action which is the same thing it's a kind of segregated instances that uh gives you some pretty good loot and use it. the few of those i've done are really good so we're i mean it's probably some of the three best strengths of that game we haven't even done yet so we're really looking forward to it. Gotta pump That's it up cool. And... Did you guys um, stream it over on Twitch with Military Scott's channel? I think he did. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think I saw an email that you know Hilgi was saying that we did about 45 minutes worth or something. So, would you be interested in having folks join you in Rift? Sure. On nights? Sure. Come on. Cool. So uh-huh. that's basically like two options for our listeners. I don't. Uh, I can't remember the my new character off the top of. Oh yeah, I do. It, I'm uh, my character's name is Backseat. Backseat. Well, <laughs> spell healing mage. So I figured I'm in the backseat. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's perfect. I, uh, that's really. I have good. a. I have. Um, I'm a necromancer, so I do have a pet. So I have a like an undead. Double a pet romancer. Double, double <laughs> sword wielding skeleton, like almost Egyptian looking skeleton looking thing that uh his name is ex boyfriend, so you know This is an ex boyfriend. Those are excellent names. Yeah. Yeah, Scott got a lot of got a lot of uh a lot of laughs out of that, so <laughs> that is very cool. And do you have a? Are there specific we're servers? On the, that you plan? We're on the Necropolis server, which is the PvP server. So the the uh, the game lore fits PvP. Um, you know, the Guardians basically think that the Defiance are the reason why the rifts opened is because they're messing around trying to get power to power their mechanical devices. Where um, the Defiance think you know, that the Guardians failed and they don't need to be messing with you because we're the new, we're the future. So um, it just felt right to be on a PvP server anyway, so that's what we did. Cool. Right on. So about five levels, I think, before we start getting into shared areas and things like that, but, um, you know, still pretty cool. Right on. Well, cool. I I wish that I had, what is it, Hermione's time twister thing from Harry Potter books where <laughs> she was able to take multiple courses at once because she would just keep her winding time. I wish that I could do that so I could play Rift with you all and play World of Warcraft, but unfortunately, my main tour of duty right now is World of Warcraft, but if listeners are out there and they want to join either group of us, Mark and I are in the higher level area of World of Warcraft, about level 50 on the Arthas server, Horde faction, and we're getting 
gearing up so that we can go into the Outlands, which is kind of like a fantasy sci-fi space area, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, red red orcs. And then it sounds like, so you Southern Scott and also Military Scott and Agamemnon are over in Rift with new characters around, what, level 13, 14? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that that was, you know, Scott and I played a fair amount, so we had a pretty good, I mean, we kind of, I won't say we sped, sped through it, but we at least knew, you know, the content, the quest progression and, you know, the, yeah. some efficiency stuff. But, I mean, that was still three and a half hours or so, four Didn't hours. Say, that's not very long. It doesn't take very long at all to get up to the level we're at. So. And it's the Necropolis server. And what did you say you guys were, are you your guardians? Is that what it is? Your defiance. Or defiance, okay. Cool. So I will put that up, and then uh, will listeners, if you want to find out whether or not this stuff is being streamed, we're going to try to start streaming our World of Warcraft game nights over on Twitch under the channel Massive Channel. It's something that we are completely unfamiliar with, unlike Military Scott, so <laughs> our broadcast might be a little bit sketchy. We, we might also be having other games that we stream, both Mark and I, as we play them. And then Military Scott, who is experienced in Twitch land, his Twitch channel is Slane, S-L-A-I-N-N-E. He has lots of stuff that he has streamed before, and hopefully he will be streaming your next Rift session. Both of those will be occurring on Monday, August 12th. That's when this episode's released. So if you're listening to it on Monday, August 12th, you can look forward to joining either of these sessions World of Warcraft is going to start at about 11 p.m. Eastern time, and Rift may be at some point, I don't know, maybe uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time or 8? Um, it would probably be 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, 10 p.m. Eastern time. So an hour earlier than the World of Warcraft Madness. So stuff to look forward to. You can either watch it on Twitch. You can participate. Rift is free to play, of course, so you can jump right in there and not have any monetary outlay whatsoever. If you are a returning World of Warcraft player, let us know so we can scroll of resurrection you. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, uh, one thing to note on the free-to-play for Rift is it seems like there's very few limitations. Um, oh, one so li- no gimping of your travel speed or your leveling speed? No. Um, there, you know, basically there are some uh, you know, real you can buy real-world equipment, but I don't it doesn't look game-breaking. It just looks cosmetic and change. I mean, it's still decent equipment, but it's, you know, it's nothing worse than what you can, you know, better than what you can find in-game. And you are limited to, like, two characters per server. But, I mean, that's, that's, a, a, that's a pretty reasonable limitation. You know, yeah. they sell character so, slots. But they have, like, 20 servers, so you could have 40 characters if you want. You just have... Oh yeah, that's limited to per server. So I have ten or twelve characters that are spread out. So yeah. All right. Well, I think we are at the end of our episode 262. Again, Southern Scott, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. No, no problem. I always, always enjoy it. And listeners, we would love to hear if you want to join either the Rift Party. Or, <laughs> such an appropriate title for the game: the Rebels running to play Rift. Uh, or you can join Mark and I in World of Warcraft. Feel free to also let us know your opinions on Strife or EverQuest Next, or even John Carmack running over to Oculus Rift. We'd love to hear your thoughts and reactions and include it in the feedback section for next week's episode. Until then, we hope you have a great week. We'll be back 